0: People forget that people want big truth. People want big, radical honesty. And we just, even within ourselves, often are not in alignment.
1: Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work
0: okay so let's get into this how do you creatively introduce a disruptive concept to market how do we do that how do you shift culture how do you take a company or an idea from nothing and build it to 150 million dollars having raised only 1.5 million how do you do it profitably in this market where the facebook algorithm is all fucked? how do you do that i'm going to open up sort of the pull back the curtain on how to do that i think oftentimes in conferences people talk in sort of like high level platitudes sometimes and i think for me, like what I gain the most is when I really get into the weeds of like, how did you do it? Like what ad worked? Like what worked? Like what were the images that worked? And we're just gonna get into that really quickly so we can explain and share with you what worked for us. Artful and Fridgeworthy. my team, I'm always challenging my teams for all of my brands to, to come up with. Designs and creative that are artful and fridge worthy. What I mean by fridge worthy is you know, when you walk home into your house, you open your door after a long day, you, right? You get to your fridge, and on your fridge, there's like pictures of your family members, invitations to weddings, like, you know, these little emblems of your life, like photographs of your loved ones, all these things. And my challenge to my teams is could we make something, a piece of advertising, so beautiful and so artful and so personal? that it can make the small real estate on your fridge. I mean, that's a challenge. Like what can you make that can tug on the heartstrings and feel so authentically personal that it can make the small real estate in your fridge? Here are some of the fridge-worthy ads that we created that were like on people's fridges. We sent these out and it was just an amazing show of like, yes, we created something that was fridge-worthy. Accessible relatable language another key key thing when you're introducing something different or unique or something sometimes confusing when you can't be like So what do you do and you can't really say it in one sentence? To really talk about what you're doing you should be able to say it in one sentence But if you can't talking about it in an accessible relatable way is so critical because I remember the very beginning when we were really green we would be so technical and academic and clinical and medical about all the things that we're doing and that we're like, so like highbrow about what we're creating and what it means. And people were like, huh, does it work? What is it? I don't get it. And the minute they're like, huh, they're done. You have like, you don't have a lot of time to capture someone's attention before they're like, forget it. I don't get it. It's too like out there. So accessible, relatable language. So what I learned is that rather than talking about something in those ways, Talk about it like you're texting your best friend Like what can you do that's so authentic and put out in the world in the public from an ad campaign perspective? That's like you're texting your best friend and how do you text your best friend? It's sloppy. It's funny. It's weird. It's silly It's real and you can really really taste It's not like oh that person's trying to be real and trying to be real with me and I'm trying to think about what the customer wants me to say and then maybe real with that You can just tell that you're going through that versus like what do I deeply? authentically want to share and just share it. That, that's it. That is what needs to be put out in the world and that's what's gonna resonate with people and that's why I feel like for us, our, our companies, people are just like, ugh, because just, they just feel the authenticity. In the beginning, we spent all of our time just doing digital ads, just direct response ads on Facebook, Instagram. We realized, okay, we now have amassed enough money and capital to create our first subway campaign. And the New York City public transit system we found out did not want to put our ads in the subway because we created these ads, which are beautiful and artful, and you know really, really considered from a creative perspective. And they said you can't use the word periods in the subway because it will be offensive to riders. And we were like, Oh no, you didn't! All right, game on. And instead of just being like, All right, we'll just change the words and say time of the months and like you know end of the sentence. No, we're gonna say period and we're gonna fight them. So we we said to them, We're like, if you do not let us say the word period in the New York City subway, the most progressive city in the world, we are going to press. And they were like, go to press. And I was like, You call my bluff. I don't know any press. God damn it. <laughs> oh, fuck. And I was like, at the time I had no contacts, but I was like, all right. Okay, watch me. Okay, good. Okay, None. Fine. And so I like had like two contacts barely from like fourth removed like second like friends of like my elementary school, like high school teacher, whatever. Who's the same person. That was that didn't make any sense, but you know what I mean. And, and I sent them an email subject heading scandal with the MTA. And I wrote them as like this really like impassioned email and they both said we want this exclusive. And I was like, I don't know anything about press. I was like, perfect, you both get the exclusives. <laughs> and they were like, that's not how press works. And they got mad at me. It was a whole thing. But finally, Mike.com, God rest his soul, published it. And the story went viral internationally. And I, it's like those moments where you know how, like, if I always picture myself as like someone like busking in the subway, people like throwing me pennies, and you're like, "Thanks," you know, and you're just like singing your heart out, doing everything you can, people to like just to like get what you're trying to put out. And I remember the story of like when I was walking down the streets in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, on Bedford Avenue, and I was just walking down the street to to do one evening, and I and I run into my friend Sham and his two. Cousins from India. They were one was like in her twenties, one was like in her like nineteen or so. And Sham was like this classic Indian guy. Was like, oh, tell them about your idea. Tell them about your project. We're, tell them like you know, give them a pitch. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And I was like, oh, I have a period-proof underwear company called Things and whatever. And then these two women were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, and I'm Indian. I can do that, okay. And I was like, what? 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 And they both pull out their phones separately and they were both talking about things on their whatsapp chains with all their girlfriends i literally like i was fighting back tears because it was like the first time that i talked about my d people were like what's oh, weird instead they were like they got it and it was like such a moment of like Oh, we're on the right track, and I will never, ever, ever forget that moment for as long as I live. And every time I'm going through, like, well, wanna forget, I'm just gonna remember that moment, tap into my dantian, and just keep moving forward. So it was a great moment. <laughs> and so this this ad campaign really, really put us on the map. We were gonna send the MTA like a basket of grapefruit as a thank you. They were like, not funny. Okay. Lean into the uncomfortable. I mean, just in that particular example, we could have been like, oh, well, they said no. But instead, we we're like, ooh, OK, we can take and make a scandal out of this. This would be interesting. In the same way, like leaning into the uncomfortable is so important in business. Oftentimes, we, we act really safely because we don't want to piss anybody off. We don't want to get political because we shouldn't be political because what if, if if we talk about too much lefty things and the righties will we'll lose their business. So we're always trying to stay in the center and just not take a position and when you don't it just creates a bit of a bland thing like you know oftentimes when a company's ipo or get bought out and all of a sudden like their spirit's gone and you're like you can tell because like these big companies just want to stay in this sort of like gray area which just loses the spirit so for us like i'm all we're always talking about how do you lean into the uncomfortable and one of the things that happened was that while we were building the company so many people in the trans community reached out to us and said when you transition from woman to man, you still get your period and it's a time of weird shame and we, we feel so outed every month and we're always wearing like three pairs of boxers and like trying to conceal the fact that we do have the anatomy of women, but we're men. And there are 900,000 trans people in America, half of which have transitioned from women to men, so it's a huge community. And so we spent the next year developing a pair of boy shorts specifically for the trans man in mind. And not only was the trans community so overjoyed about it, this story went viral again, internationally. And so when something that you do authentically, not knowing what's going to happen, like we didn't know, it's not like we're doing it for, we just were doing it because we were like, this is the right thing to do. Like we forgot about this entire group of people. We're going to support them. And then people wanted to write about it. It was really, really cool. So when you lean into the uncomfortable, it actually does create this friction in a story. And people do want to read those stories. And so and it does shift culture when they read those uncomfortable stories. Another thing that we did is that we sent an email to all of our customers who purchased our product and we just said, just fill in the blanks. Thinks is blank. And just, just fill it in. And we got a thousand responses in 24 hours. Thanks is Mary Poppins in my pants. Thanks is strength, freedom and dignity for all women. And we got like a thousand of them and it created our whole campaign. Sometimes we overthink and overprocess, process and I think we have to do it all on our own. But so often when we have advocates first, when we have people who love what we're doing, we just say, hey, can you just fill in the blanks? And that's it. And they can just literally create your campaign for you. And that's what we learned. And we've done it ever since for all of my companies that followed. This was when Trump was elected. We created patriarchy-proof underwear. It's just funny. Uh, why not? And, and we, we, we talked about radical authenticity. But I, I really know the word authenticity is like so like blah, 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 authenticity, blah, blah. But it's real. Like, people forget that people want big truth. People want big, radical honesty. And we just, even within ourselves, Often are not in alignment. You know, I've been seeing a life coach, a life and leadership coach, for the last six years. Mark and I actually share the same coach. And what we talk about every week for ninety minutes is integrity. What you're thinking, feeling, and saying have to align. What you're thinking, feeling, and saying have to align. What's off? Are you mumbling to yourself about something that you that you're not speaking up about, but you're saying to yourself? Are you saying like, "Oh hey," in your head, bitch? How often do we do that, right? So often, we're just not in alignment with ourselves. We think that we're integrous people. We think that we're good people. But so often, we're not in alignment with what we're thinking, feeling, and saying. And that's what radical authenticity is, is that when you just can't help but be exactly who you are because that is just, that's you just can't help it. I said that just twice. But... That's what it is. So there's this really cool artist that I've just been looking at lately. He has a really cool talk. Uh, His name is Adam JK. I don't know if you know who this is. He's just this creative, a zany creative, this gay Jewish guy who's just epic and awesome, wears overalls on his talks. He's just cool. And he talks about that too. Like people just want realness. And you can tell. You can just tell. When someone's real and I can't stress that enough like how often do we sometimes like when we're like, oh my god I just like freaking verbal diarrhea and that person was so receptive to it. You're like, oh, okay Like I should that's I'm on the right path there what I'm actually saying what I'm feeling So that's something that when you do if you do that in the in the world of business It's the same thing as doing it to yourself because it's people that you're advertising to This is a huge one invite audience customers and press to take part in the experience i'm a burner here who anyone here go to burning man okay i just got my tickets yesterday i post on insta story i'm like anyone tickets and two four people were like i got tickets we're like oh my god so i'm here i am going yay so what i love about burning man is that it's what you put in is what you get out what you put in is what you get out radical participation is one of the key core principles of burning man and what i learned is that why people are so invested in it Is Because you have to bring something to the table you have to contribute something to the playa when you go And so you feel like you have ownership in it, right? And so when we think about press when we think about like inviting press to our events We never think about just like sending a press release or sending them an email or blah 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 because when we do that We know it never works. So what does work? What works is when we invite the audience and the press to take part in the invitation experience from the get-go. So as an example, during New York Fashion Week, we decided that we want to create our first fashion show with period underwear. Like, and we were going up against like the biggest companies, the biggest brands, the biggest labels, like the Gucci's and the Blah Blah's and the Prada's and the everyone's. And we were up against them. And what we learned is that, if we create some weird-ass invitation, maybe they'll come to our event. So I had my team go to Home Depot and buy some quick-dry cement. And I ha- and my team had made these plexiglass invitations, black plexiglass with some, like, embossed writing on it that just said date, time, what to wear, and location, and that was it. And then I had them set, pour this concrete into these little things and create these little bricks, which basically covered the invitation, the plexiglass invitation. And then I had my team, like some of our models, Deliver these invitations, these little bricks to all the press. When they went, they were like super formal about it. So the, they like let them all in. And so then, in the silver platters and the white gloves. So when they finally interfaced with the press, they were like, okay, we need you to smash the patriarchy, which by the way, men are also victims of just saying, smash the patriarchy in order to like find the invitation and like discover where I'm going and what I'm doing. And so it became like a thing where they were part. Of the experience. They smashed this thing and they had to like clean up all the smashed things and then like carry it to the trash and then like what? It was like a thing that they had to do to even just know where to go. And literally 80 press RSVP'd in 24 hours. And we had the most epic, everybody wore white. Everyone listened. We were like, we were like, date, time, location, wear white. That was it. And it was like the most epic event. That was my final speech. I was like sobbing like, a, like an emotional person that we all are. Another thing, another which I'm not apologetic about, I see I did that. Another thing is we what we did was when when we we wanted to create an event where similar thing where we had the press crack open an egg and reveal a question. And so of course Instagram moment, they all came, we had a big press dinner, and every person showed up, a hundred percent of people showed up to our event. And so it's just like once you get them in with just something you need to complete it we're human beings we like completing circles we like completing stories we're very good storytellers in our heads and so when you start and they're already now a part of the story they want to complete it so they're gonna show up to complete the story with you so I've learned that so many times over and over again and it really works plus you're gonna be competing against me with piles of press releases on their tables and that's just you're like ha you know like you're just so ahead of of them one of the things that our friend did after I talked about that for a pop-up shop, she basically sent balloons at all, to All Press to pop the balloon for the pop-up shop, and it worked, and everyone came. It was really cool. So just giving you guys some ideas. OK, so last couple of things are I spent some time writing my books, Do Cool Shit and Disruptor. Do Cool Shit really is... Looking at how to go from step zero to step one in building your dream business and I think so often when we read autobiographies I remember when I was first starting out thinking about entrepreneurship after I met my first entrepreneurs in New York City thinking like wow This is an opportunity. This is actually a thing people can actually start businesses. I Started reading all these books like losing my virginia by Richard Branson was my first book that I fell in love with but in his book it was like and then I raised a million dollars and I built Virgin Records and I did this and I did that. And you're like, but how? What did you say in your first meeting to get, to even get to the first meeting? How did you even raise your first $25,000 for get your first million? I, I want to know what you said and what you did in those meetings. I want to know how you got, like, I want to know how did you even come up with the idea? Like, what was, what did you hone in on? Because we have so many ideas all the time. Like, which one did you choose? Like, how did I get my first meeting in the minds so and all these people come and help ideate with me? Like, what are all those things that I did to really build my first business, and so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna." I've no idea how to write a book, but I basically put down everything I learned, how I got New York Times right about us for the first time, how we got, you know, how we raised our first two hundred fifty thousand dollars, like all those things to go from step zero to step one in business and life, and also which includes like how to eliminate all the negative relationships in your life to create space for the great ones to help inspire you and push you along. And most recently, I just this year, woo, came out with my new book called "Disrupt Her," which. Is a manifesto for the modern woman. I talk about how it's called a manifesto for the modern woman, but it actually is for everyone. Because when you think about the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, all these books, Aristotle, all these like poetry, everything that written by by men, where they write, man this said this and man said that, and yet women read those texts too, right? Women read the Bible, women read Aristotle, women read all these. man Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Women read those texts too. So why can't you say? Manifested for the modern woman and have men read it too, we can. So this book is really meant to be read by everyone, but it says woman on there, okay? Which includes man in the woman, get it? Okay. And really, and what is it about? It's really about how to disrupt 13 major areas in your life where society tells you how you're supposed to do them. We're just told over and over again, this is how it is. You know, you can't talk about money. You become cooler when you have more stuff. Like you actually, the more stuff you have, the more notoriety you have. You know, you have to get serious as you grow up. Because get your head out of the clouds, sit down, be quiet, shut up. If you wanna to go to college, you shut up and listen. If you wanna get a job, then shut up and listen. Your voice isn't a part of this equation. Like, this is what we're hearing over and over again. So we're just like, okay, like, this is just the way it is to, to stay in my lane and just like, it that way there are so many other ways when we think about who is society society society's people who are no different than you or me except for 100 years ago where now they're relevant and so can we create our own reality for ourselves the answer is absolutely yes another one that we talk about in my book is how to become a warrior gatekeeper of your mind i'm almost done with my time so i'm going fast i apologize how to think of money as flowing energy and then you know why women should act like bonobo apes um the last thing i'll say about this is why should women act like bonobo apes is that we forget so often that We hold the power of humanity inside our wombs, and all men are encouraged to be loving, and the bonobo apes, they operate as a matriarchy. Every time there's an aggressive male bonobo that tries to get with a female bonobo, all the females come together and shun that male away. And that aggressive male dies a lonely, miserable death by himself. (laughs) <laughs> and so and the female bonobos only choose to procreate with the kindest, gentlest, most loving male bonobos. And in one generation, can literally eliminate an otherwise aggressive society and create a kind, gentle, loving one. So as women, can we not do that too? Yes, we can. So this is it. The world needs people who are ready to disrupt. Are you with me? Can we disrupt together? Thank you so, so yeah. very <laughs>